0: You are about to enter the create unknown and make sure to follow us over at patreoncom slash the create unknown in a live stream. The other night we showed some cool stuff that we're sending out to the dumpster crew, to the infantry, to the baby gang. And even if you don't sign up, you can follow for free and find out about streams. So keep listening because we reveal details about an emergency shipment coming your way. And remember that 100% of Patreon goes to producing this show and right back into the TCU community, except uh, for what Kevin needs to spend on diapers. His Walmart was out of toilet paper this week, so he's been wearing pull-ups for seven, eight, nine days. Um, I guess you could say that he's a big boy now. Patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. Links in the description.
1: Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. Matt, tell me something. Are you sure you want me to, to tell you this? Uh, I'm not sure. You have
0: a chance right now <laughs> to opt out and shut this down before it gets bad.
1: Well, I don't have enough information to know whether or not that's prudent, so I'm just going to have to hear... You're going to roll the dice? Yeah, Let's let's go for it. What do you have to say?
0: Okay, so now that... You know, we've really built a nice audience, and nice community. So it's time to alienate like 83% of them. <laughs> um, we are, it's very possible that we are about to enter a phase worldwide uh, with an, an epidemic that isn't even viral. Everybody's talking about the coronavirus, but something big is about to happen based on evidence that we have from the past. Do you have any guess what that might be?
1: Um, no. No. I was trying to think of a toilet paper joke, but no, nothing came to mind.
0: So I thought of this because we were talking about uh, an image in the Discord that's been very controversial. And this is an image of feet with Smucker's jam on the toes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. We've had poor poor base weight has, has threatened to leave the baby gang and the server entirely if, if it's posted again. Uh, but I, I realized uh, that uh, something I'd read a long time ago, that there is a correlation between people having an interest in feet and public health ep- epidemics. What are you just making this up? This is a real no, thing. No, no, this is an absolutely real, real thing. Uh, so uh guy uh, Dr James Giannini at Ohio State years ago uh did a study about the correlation between feet as uh, items of of interest in a certain nature uh <laughs> as it related to gonorrhea epidemics syphilis epidemics um and also they attract the mentions of of feet in pornographic books and stories. Uh, in like a twenty, thirty year period. And th- he found a, a jump every time there's a public health scare, this, this thing that, you know, if you think about it, it's, it's happening at a distance. It's, uh, uh, really like social distancing at play. Um, but all of a sudden, instead of, you know, touching somebody or doing whatever you do with them, eh, you just look at their toes. Uh, as a safer alternative.
1: Um, <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. This is so. This, this, as... this is the
1: worst free economics ever. <laughs> 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 it's like the most useless Freakonomics study. Like, who is this guy that, that figured this out? I I don't know. I don't know what
0: he's a professor of of at Ohio State, but I'm just throwing it out there <laughs> that. As tensions increase uh, over the spread of a public illness, we are about to get more pictures of Smucker's Jam on feet, okay? This is, it's, it's highly likely that these two things will go hand in hand. So base weight, anybody else out there who, uh, you know, who really needs to avoid this for whatever reasons they have, gird your loins, you know, pull up. <laughs> Your bootstraps, whatever defense you need here, get
1: ready because it's coming. Just, just put on a blindfold, I think, so because it's about to get worse <laughs> for, for whatever reason. That makes no sense to me.
0: And yeah, by the way, welcome to the mindset, the the bizarre, twisted mindset that develops in our heads as we look at topics like this on Vsauce videos for like ten years. This is how you begin to think about the world. You know, you see a news report about something like a, a global pandemic and think like, oh, I wonder I wonder what, what bizarre thing is happening alongside this.
1: Like, I wonder if jelly on toes is going to be affected by this. <laughs> I think that's just you. I don't know why you're lumping me <laughs> in with, <laughs> with that uh, connection that you've made, but... Um, speaking of food, you know, we had a a live stream just the other day centered specifically on cereal. It was our cereal tier list live stream. I want to thank everybody that came to it. It was a ton of fun and we came out, we came out with a winner, you know, it was, we crowned a champion, crowned a champion. It was not without like a little bit of controversy because I know that you were really pulling for peanut butter, Captain Crunch, but the official TCU champion is now Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So that's right. Congratulations to Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and uh, congratulations to everyone who contributed, because it really was a communal effort. Uh, making this list. It wasn't like a dictatorship between just Matt and I. No, especially at the end on choosing that final one. We had something
0: like six maybe S tier cereals that were vying for the top slot and it did come down to Cinnamon Toast Crunch versus the Peanut Butter Puffs. And Isaac was was big on Peanut Butter Puffs. I was with Isaac on that, but generally Cinnamon Toast Crunch prevailed. Um and and I understand that too. Like in that whole stream, I explained that I'm not a big cereal guy. I don't have it around. I still have a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch here because it's it's pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, and I wasn't surprised that uh, the overall vote was there. And the way I described it, too, is that personally, my favorite is the Reese's Peanut Butter Crunch. But if I had to choose a cereal for the people, for uh, all of humanity to have
1: it would probably be cinnamon toast crunch. Wait, I thought yours was the peanut butter captain crunch. It's Reese's puffs is actually your favorite. Oh no, no, no. What is, so what is that
0: actually called? The, um, it's the captain crunch one, but they're little balls. Like they're little round balls.
1: Oh, peanut butter crunch. Yeah. Peanut butter crunch. Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: So yeah, the captain crunch peanut butter crunch is far and away
1: the best cereal in the history of mankind. What I Um, couldn't believe was how, uh, polarizing corn pops are so we needed to create an a a category just because of how polarizing corn pops were we created the war category because it um i hate corn pops so i was like distinctly on that side of the debate but but i was surprised a few people came out um who loved it who wanted corn pops to be s tier so i i Oh, I really Ugh. don't want to get this wrong, but I feel
0: like it might have been Trev. I think Trev was was pulling because whatever he disputed is what created the the war tier. And if that was Corn Pops, um, yeah. yeah, I think he he fought for those. If I'm wrong, I I apologize, Trev. Um, but uh, it was you know usually everybody was mostly in agreement, but off by one tier. You know, so something would be you know, we'd say maybe it's B tier, you know, you get an, uh, an A or two or some people saying, no, this thing sucks. It's really a C, but generally that's pretty good. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's like a standard distribution of opinions that center on, on the rough thing, but a couple of those cereals, man, it, it got wild and it got wild fast and <laughs> corn pops yeah. was one of them.
1: Yeah. I think, I think dumpster crew, Dan was one of the, the corn pop S tier, but Um, It was a lot of fun. Uh, Hopefully we can do it again. Uh, You know, I want to think of another uh, tier list that we can make for next time. If anyone has any suggestions for what we should do. uh, Beverages, maybe? Or just uh, dinner? I don't know. It's really hard. Fast food is good. Fast food is a good Fast food is good. Yeah, iDubbbz did a Um, funny fast food one.
0: Yeah, it's really tough because you you need something that virtually everybody knows every piece of yeah and that's that's not a lot of things you know uh, I was somebody said oh you you know do one on YouTube channels and I'm thinking about and I've seen those too there was a thing for a while where people posted tier lists of commentary channels yeah I remember that and how many do you actually watch I was looking through and I'm like I know who all these guys are but I bet I've only had time to watch like a third of the people's videos on here. Like, how do I even evaluate that? Uh and cereal is just a good one because you you at one point in your life you've pretty much had a box of everything.
1: Yeah. Well, unless you're in the UK and you eat um hay or whatever. What what's the UK thing? <laughs> oh, Wheedabix. God, Wheatabix yeah. sucks. Weed-a-bix. It's like a Brillo pad that you can eat. <laughs> well I think maybe fast food will be the next one because that's another thing that um most people have experience with and and probably have pretty strong opinions on and I think that's a, an important element to a, a good tier list as well.
0: We've had severe nugget fights in the discord uh over BK nuggets. Some people think that the 10 uh 10 for a dollar 49 especially the spices are probably the best value and the best tasting thing that you can get anywhere. Now, other people absolutely hate them. I know Maria doesn't like those nuggets. I mean, she's a uh, vociferous refuser of BK nuggets. (laughs) So that's the kind of thing that would be an absolute war tier item.
1: Oh, that's, I remember when Burger King changed their French fries and it was a big controversy. I I love that. Yeah. I love that change. But we have uh, a bunch of new dumpster crew, we have some new infantry. I want to shout out um, Solace, Dan, Monsieur Chinchilla, Patrick, Gabriel, and Fraken. Thank you all for entering the Create Unknown officially, uh, helping support the show, and being involved in things like ranking cereal. Because really, at the end of the day, it's important. when we're all uh, quarantined and <laughs> stuck at home, I think arguing over cereal is uh, a pretty good use of our time
0: and because of that quarantine we've decided to bump up the timeline on something haven't we?
1: oh that's right yeah i almost forgot to mention so we will be sending a uh covid19 tcu care package uh specially prescribed for everyone in the patreon dumpster crew on up so if you're if you if you want to get something from us to uh um safely and securely entertain yourself while you're stuck at home, then uh, you know, join the dumpster crew, join the infantry, join the baby gang, and uh, we will be shipping something to you very, very, very soon.
0: Yeah, we want to get that out this week because originally we thought... We're going to wait for shirts to come in so we can package everything together and save on shipping and do kind of one one thing that's a combination of everything and get that out. And we were talking about it this morning. We're like, you know, everybody's at home and life sucks. It's just rotten right now. It's just not great. Uh, we shouldn't. There's no reason for us to wait on this stuff. Like, let's just throw a bunch of stuff out there, get that out. And especially for international people, it's going to take a little while to get to them. So we might as well do it sooner rather than later. Um, and then when the shirt stuff comes in, uh, we just do that separately. And if, if it's another round of shipping on us, who cares? Like it's just not a big deal. Uh, and it's a lot more important that, that, uh, uh, somebody has something to give meaning to their otherwise cold and empty lives.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, look, when you put it that way, I think that um yeah, it's integral that we do this. But you're right. I mean, people are freaked out. People are kind of feeling weird in general right now. So, we felt like it was important to um, you know, get out there and and just send something to people just to give you a even just a moment's respite from kind of the anxiety of the moment. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. The speaking of anxiety of the moment, you know, we really today wanted to s- discuss the the burnout stuff because it it really hit home this week yesterday when our good friend of the show, Carson, call me Carson, announced that he was taking an indefinite hiatus from, you know, all things right. online in terms of being a creator. And this was something that it it, it, it didn't come as a, a total surprise. You know, he had mentioned earlier that he was going to be kind of, you know, slowing down with with just posting stuff. But, yeah, he really just kind of made it official yesterday that, look, I'm I'm stepping away. And, you know, he's got things going on with his personal life and he wants to focus on that and get healthy. And um, I I totally understand that. I don't know. We don't know. As far as I know, nobody really knows kind of the extent to which the personal stuff is impacting him. I just, you know, wish him the best and nothing but the best and and hope that, you know, he gets good and happy. And if he decides to come back and make us all laugh again, that would be amazing. If not, and he needs to, you know, be fulfilled elsewhere, then, that's okay too you know whatever is best for him
0: so i want to just read a couple of tweets here so that the, the people who are not following everything obsessively on twitter each day know exactly what we're talking about um i forget what carson said a couple of weeks ago but he, he was you know just taking a little break from from the videos right uh but then uh this i'm trying to do the math on days a couple of days ago now uh he said uh, what kevin just summarized he said i'm taking a break indefinitely it's been a difficult decision but after considering recent personal events and his own and my own mental health i decided i need to take a moment to step away good to focus going to focus on making myself a better person thank you for your support now that got 170,000 likes a lot of retweets people overwhelmingly understood um i'm sure a few people uh, gave him a hard time about it because that's Twitter. Uh but but generally people saw this and they're like, yeah, whatever you need to do, a lot like what you just said. And in his in his group, the lunch lunch club uh kind of circle, uh like Ted Navizan, uh who, you know, Ted, we uh we met Ted at VidCon. Uh Ted is very tall, by the way. He's the milkman. So is right? Carson. <laughs> They're both. Tall. Yeah. Carson's taller than I realized. Uh, but, but these, these young boys tower over me. Uh, but Ted is, uh, amazing and he's hideously funny, but he just said, I've realized that simultaneously doing YouTube college classes, developing a short film, put a strain on physical mental social health during my final semester. I'll be stepping back from releasing videos until May. See you then. And Ryan from misfits. And I think, um, I think, uh, he He manages misfits and lunch club um yeah, he had a really similar tweet uh as well uh I'm going to be taking an indefinite break from talent management. I'm emotionally and physically drained from the industry as a whole, and I'm going to put myself first. Our team will step into place to handle things while I'm gone, so this is why we wanted to make a topic out of it because here we have a case of people in really different positions, so Carson is Carson. You know, he's uh, kind of a full-time weirdo, right? In the best possible way. You've got Ted, who does similar stuff to Carson in terms of content, but he's got college going. Um, He's got this short film, which I'm excited about finding out more about. Uh, And then you you have Ryan, who's in that business and management capacity, who also is feeling the same thing. So you have... Three people here in different positions and they're all saying the same stuff. So at that point, there's something to talk about, isn't there?
1: Yeah. And I, I do want to separate Ted here a bit just because it seems like he's got more of like a time management thing going on. At least that's how I read it. When 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 he yeah. said that, look, I I have to focus on school and graduating college right. rather than like entertaining you guys I, t- I i think that's totally fair and makes sense and there's nothing i don't think um i don't think that's burnout is what i'm trying to say
0: no it's, that's, i don't think it's burnout i think the result is the same like with with these three guys what they were doing is is has ceased uh for different reasons right um and and so I, I kind of lump that all together, but you're absolutely right that the specific problem uh, or specific issues that they're dealing with on this are are not the same, and we also have no clue what they really are. No, uh, I saw on some Discord servers people talking about this and speculating and all that. I'm like, God, you never know. You just don't know. Like, think how often you and I talk about stuff and have over the years, right? We probably know each other better than than most people, and sometimes a, a thing will come up where you just like sincerely didn't know this thing was a problem in the other person's life,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, so even in that case, you like, can drop bombs right, even with somebody yeah, that you literally talk to like eight, eight hours a day, right. you're not going to know every intimate detail um, yeah. because that's just the nature of any relationship. Um, that's people. Yeah. Yeah. it's Just people. (laughs) So, so yeah. So that's one thing also that I wanted to make clear is to not speculate on what's quote unquote really going on because who knows? And it's, it's useless to speculate on that sort of thing. And it's, um, it's, it's pretty, I don't know, irresponsible, I think even to do so. Um, however, I do think that you and I both can lay out some some kind of tips and some kind of advice and some kind of ways in which maybe it is possible to, to bolster the burnout side. You know, if it comes to like personal life tragedy, forget it. There, there's not really much yeah. of anything you can do. There's no like, here's like the top 10 things that you can do to like get over a horrible, senseless tragedy. It's like, that's <laughs> that's not a thing. That's literally why religions were founded to deal with that. Like that's, that's not like a podcast, um, advice thing. Um, that, yeah. that sometimes you're just plain stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes things happen and, you know, you, you, you really have to come together probably with your loved ones and get through it the best that you can. But it's not like something that, um, you know, you or I are going to have, <laughs> Okay. We're not life coaches.
0: <laughs> no, but there is a bunch of stuff that you can do to lessen the chances that some of those, some of those burnout issues are going to pop up and also increase the chances that you're going to get through those things you can't control. And I think that's a huge part of it too, is things are going to come up and, and happen that just level you professionally. And they're often personal. <laughs> there, You know, everybody knows somebody, whether it's in their family, it's themselves, or they've seen it. You can see it with celebrities, too, uh, where just plain relationships and divorces and things like that just obliterate you for, like, years, potentially. And there's there's no way around that, right? But you can... Strengthen the things that you can control to kind of mitigate the damage from the things you can't control. So even if you can't prevent something wholly, uh, you can lessen the possibility that burnout's going to creep in. You can lessen the possibility that some sickness or personal thing is going to just cut you off at the knees. And I, I think there are several topics that we can talk about now that that are really overlooked a lot where that people don't put the necessary effort into.
1: Yeah. So I came up with three things. You came up with three things and they're, they're very different. Our lists are very different. I mean, obviously I'm coming at it from a creator side and you're coming at it from an analytical side and from a business side. So I'll, I will kick things off with the, the emotional side. Of this situation. You going emo? I am going to start with the emo. I'm going emo. Yeah, because, you know, I, I do relate to the the emo side of it and the ego side of it, really, both of those things. And my number one thing, uh, this is in no particular order, but my first thing I should say is at some point every day, get away from the computer, get away from your phone, walk away like even if you are working 12 hours a day, which, you know, a lot of us are, don't then spend the other three hours or whatever that you're awake still on the phone, still on the computer, still reading comments, still replying to, to you know, people criticizing you or it's it's it cannot be start to finish all day on line. You can't 100% be on a, a full-on online person, a virtual person. It's not healthy to do that. I really <laughs> think that even if, seriously, it's just a couple of hours before bed or, or maybe a couple hours when you first wake up or whatever it is. You know, when you were a kid, your, your your parents would tell you like no TV after supper or whatever. Like they would institute a rule that you couldn't do X because if you just did X all the time, you would rot your brain. Well, I don't think being on the internet <laughs> You saying they were right? No, I don't think that not not specifically rotting your brain, but I think a little bit of it is kind of like rotting your spirit. It is a little emotionally rotting, I think to be constantly One hundred percent online because it's so much information, it's so much interaction, it's so much for you to like mentally process that you got to give your yourself a break every single day.
0: This is really interesting to me because what you just advised is something that I used to not find any value in. Okay, and I didn't think it was that important because I'm the opposite uh, in so many ways and if it's not clear by now to anybody who's, who's been listening, Kevin and I do just about everything differently. Like we think about things differently. Our processes on everything are completely different. Um, The stuff that we focus on is different. And I was doing uh, I was doing a, a kind of a seminar workshop thing in either New Zealand or Australia in the fall. I forget which one this was at. Uh, with guys from Creator Generation, by the way, check out that podcast. It's similar to this one conceptually, uh, talking to YouTubers about what they do and and why they do it. Uh, Fred and Ant are amazing, and a bunch of people you know have been on that, including Internet Historian, had a good episode. Um, so I, I was with them with this group of people, and I specifically said the opposite of what you just said, Kevin. It's like I wake up in the morning, I grab my phone, see what I missed while I was sleeping and then i come down and make coffee and feed the cat and jump on the computer and then at a certain point like my eyes can't take it anymore and i'm done working for the day and i go to bed and i look at what i can look at on my phone until i fall asleep you know it's it's <laughs> the exact of it and i and i love that and somebody from from the audience you know like kind of raised their hand they were like that's not healthy. You shouldn't do
1: that. <laughs> like, you stink. Shut up. <laughs> They're like, "Um, excuse but me, the, I have a comment. <laughs> you have a problem."
0: <laughs> but the difference is that you are talking in that emo ego creative capacity where the stuff that you're doing is very different than what I'm doing. And so, yeah, I I'm grinding away like reading things, you know, and it's a different it doesn't have the swings in attention, uh, like investment, emotion, all those things during the day that your stuff has. So if you are, um, you know, a Ted or a Carson or a Kevin or anybody doing creative stuff, what Kevin's saying here, I think, is absolutely 100% necessary. If you're essentially like researching and analyzing maybe you can get away with pushing it the way i do maybe but but even i you know we've talked about this as we schedule the rest of 2020 even i've said lately that you know i want more time not to do xy and z you know so i can go play around in the in the kitchen i've talked in discord quite a lot over the last few weeks about food preparation uh and cooking and all that and like i want to spend a couple hours doing that stuff like I did this morning. Um, but yeah, it's really sharp, important advice. What Kevin just said, you, you got, you got to stop and do other stuff. So what is it that you do?
1: Um, I, I honestly, I, I play video games. I mean, that, that's one of the things that I, I do, um, just to get away from the, I mean, it's funny. It's like, I go from staring at one screen to another, but, <laughs> but, um, I don't play online games. You know, I'm not talking to people. Um, you know, I'm just hanging out with my wife. We'll play games together and, or, you know, watch a TV show, watch like Star Trek The Next Generation and just kind of shut my brain off and enjoy that and laugh at Data and his hijinks. Of
0: all the things that you could watch on Hulu, Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime. That's what you guys are watching? You're watching Star Trek The Next Generation?
1: Yeah, it's a great show. And I've tried to watch a lot of the newer shows, and I get really bored really quickly, and I, I give up on them. So except for Mandalorian, wow. I did really like that. But there that's like yeah, eight yeah, episodes. episodes we watched Amazing. that in two days. So
0: have you seen have you seen Lord Vega's dubs of Mandalorian? No. Oh my god. If anybody Anybody on earth listening to this right now wants to take the Mandalorian to the next level. You need to check out Lord Vega, V E G A. He's he's done these montages and like uh, condensed episodes of Mandalorian where he does the voiceover and it is about fifty-seven times better than the show itself. My God, is it funny? It is the funniest thing ever. Um (laughs) Even funnier than, than that show where the, the, this old scientist man turns into a, a pickle.
1: Oh, the show that, yeah, I'm not smart enough to watch that show. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> My you wouldn't get it anyway.
0: No, you wouldn't get it. Um, but yeah, it's the general thrust of this is do something else. Like as much as we talk about how you really have to pound out videos and writing and painting and whatever it is you do, and you do, you've got to just grind pretty hard. You have to not do that all the time.
1: And I would say every day to, at least to me, it's important that it's every day. It's not like once a week. It's not like, oh, take off like Saturdays. It's like, no, 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 no. Like at some point every day. And it's hard for me because I work um, with so many people in different time zones that like oh I will get you know it's like oh now I'm getting messages from this person now I'm getting emails from this person because you know they're all over the world but you gotta set a cutoff you can't always be replying to emails because I know they're all important but they can wait until the morning and so that that's number one. My second piece is get somebody get a confidant get somebody to talk to and and I think that you know obviously i talk to you all the time and and my wife all the time but it's really important that it's such an isolating thing being a creator you are by definition isolated you're in you're in your mom's basement you know streaming or whatever and um you might not have a whole lot of social interaction outside of mm, like <sighs> how should I say this? You need to be able to talk to somebody like really talk to them about things. Yes. Maybe you interact with people online in Twitter and in discord, and you're having kind of surface level discussions, but you need to be able to trust and have private conversations. I think pretty regularly with someone. It doesn't have to be with a, a, a lot of people. It could just be one person, but I think it's really important to be able to vent about things privately with someone who you can trust.
0: That's true. And you really do need more than one. They have to be kind of different types of people. Like, for example, uh, we talk all the time, but what am I going to do if – if I'm frustrated with something you've done. Hey, Kevin, let's talk about how Kevin's a ding dong. (laughs) You know, like this is not going to happen, right? So I would need to talk to somebody who's outside the YouTube sphere or uh, just sufficiently distant so that it's, you know, a safe thing. And even when I, you know, I'm in some group chats and things like that uh, with other YouTube people, like sometimes you don't want to talk about your YouTube problems with Other YouTubers, you know, you don't necessarily want them to know that this thing isn't going well or that thing is, you know, you're struggling with it. Like, nobody wants to be like, hey, guys, I I want the 50 of you to know that my views are abysmal and I don't know, you know, like, I hate myself over it. Like, that could be useful, but maybe you just don't want to talk to them about that right now. Well, you can talk to somebody else about it. You know, outside that circle. So, having a couple different people to go to for different things is probably important. And I think it's easier to do now than it has ever been because you do have the people you know. You can it's easy to talk to them, call them, text them if you're not seeing them in person. Whatever you can have a Discord server that's a community on the topic that you want to talk about uh you can assemble things like those group chats on Twitter
1: uh or on Discord. It's actually easier than it's ever ever been. So you might as well take advantage of it. Yeah, and and hopefully find somebody who like I said you can trust to to keep private things private and to just kind of be somebody to be there for you. Yeah, when you have those moments where you're like this this is not something that I want to talk about with everybody, but like I need your advice on. And that happens ev- all the time. That happens every day with everyone, no matter what you're doing. And I think it, but as it relates to being a creator, I think that it's important uh, a little bit differently just because it is such an isolating thing for the most part.
0: It's hard too, and this is so critically important when you're starting. And I think back to something we talked about a long, long time ago when we talked about how our process evolved over time things like that. That's essentially how you and I started talking because we were doing very different things. Uh, I was doing a mostly text-based writing things. Uh, you were doing video creative, right? But we didn't know a whole lot of people who, who were talking about any of those kinds like media kinds of things. Right. And it was tremendously useful just to be able to have somebody to talk to. And that eventually evolved into us working together more and more. And that was cool. And I'm glad that that happened, but what would have happened for either of us if we didn't have that outlet to even get started in the first place. And this was years before uh, Vsauce, you know, this was years before, Well, no, I mean, I I guess YouTube had just started at the time, but we're talking like 15 years ago, so not now. But yeah, without without that person to just bounce stuff off from and talk about what sucks and what's hard and what am I going to do because I'm out of options on X, Y, and Z, uh, it didn't matter that we were doing different things.
1: It was more about being able to talk through those problems. Yeah, yeah, because that's how that's how you think often is is not just ruminating in your own brain and just cycling through thoughts, it's really about talking things through with somebody else. So so that's my second piece of advice and the third one and then and then Matt will get to yours. For me is to set barriers on comments and and social media. And this is going to vary I think widely for people. Mm-hmm. Because just due to the nature of temperamental differences and personality differences, receiving a negative comment about yourself um, can, go, can be taken any number of ways. Somebody could just slough it off and pay no mind to it, and that's totally fine. It could also completely ruin somebody's week and maybe they don't <laughs> think about anything else for the rest of the week or a month except for that one nasty comment that they got. So, that's why this one is a, is a lot more variable, but I think nonetheless it's important to recognize that it is okay to mute people or block people or add uh words to various filters if you know Something, some specific word keeps getting your attention, some pejorative or something that people keep using against you. I mean, at the end of the day, as an online creator, you yourself are putting things out there and people are going to criticize them. But by proxy, criticize you as a person. Yeah. That's how it feels. It feels like you personally are the one being being attacked and being criticized and being ripped because they're ripping the thing that you made. So obviously the healthiest thing to do is to recognize that it they are it's not personal. Uh, you don't know this person. They don't know you. I mean we've talked about this a whole bunch. There's a million yeah. things that go into a negative comment that quite often may or may not even have anything really to do with you. However, the way that it's it, it seeps into your pores sometimes as the person receiving it, I think it almost doesn't matter sometimes how you rationalize it if it's still upsetting you emotionally. So you do have tools. YouTube has tools. Twitter has tools. Uh, make use of them if that's going to improve your capacity to to keep doing the thing that you you love which is making stuff and sharing it online
0: some people have a positive experience with negative comments too which is is crazy you talk about the variations on this but some people are truly fueled by by other people hating them you know like if you think of a keem star like where is keem without millions of people who hate keem he loves it right um Trev mentioned Nick DiOrio uh, the other day, you know, he's a a commentary guy who makes the kind of, I I don't know if you'd call them expose videos, but he takes, he he takes topical drama things in the the community, topical issues. And then, you know, he'll like eviscerate somebody. Right. And so when he gets somebody ripping on him about something, he looks at it and he's like, Hey man, new video this is great. I've got a new topic to make. So, you know, you even get people like that. Uh, so there's a massive uh, kind of continuum of where people fall on this. Uh, and and that's important to recognize. But a guy I used to know, uh, I I still follow him. I haven't talked to him in a long time. He was a traditional media guy. I think he might've worked at Time like 30 years ago, a long time ago, Time Magazine. Um, and he, he does some public stuff now. He said, I think of something like facebook as a bunch of people talking in my living room and i don't have to let everybody into my house like this is my house i I have no obligation to let somebody come into my living room and and bother me or be a jerk or disrupt upset the other people talking you know this is my living room and I can control who's in there and what gets said in there. And if it's not okay with me, you know, kick them out or don't invite them in in the first place. That stuck with me. I mean, he must have said it like 10 years ago, but I haven't found a better analogy here. And think of it like your living room, where set whatever rules you want that fit your house and your family and your own levels of comfort and just do that. And if that means you block and mute or uh, you take any other steps, you know, you put up filters, um, YouTube comments. Um,
1: so what man, do what you need to do. <laughs> you know, it's, it's your living room. I agree. And it, it took me a while to figure that out when it came to curating my Twitter feed. You know, I've mentioned before that Twitter is my favorite social media because I find it to be the most entertaining. Like there are just some of the funniest things I see every day are on Twitter. But but for a while, you know, I was following people who I like in real life who might be really annoying on Twitter. Like let's face it, there are a lot of people and, and this goes for Facebook as well. There are people change on social media. They do things and they say things and they share things that you would never in a million years get out of them in person. It's very weird (laughs) how people do that. They just kind of become this other creature when it comes to being on the internet and being able to have that megaphone. And I'm okay muting somebody who like, if I saw in person, I'd give them a big hug and like, Hey, how you doing? Um, you're really annoying on Twitter, (laughs) but, (laughs) or, or even, um, celebrities you know it's like I really enjoy your music I really enjoy your comedy or I really enjoy your films or your books but you're so annoying on the internet it can be pretty bad Mark Ruffalo is my guy for that I, I
0: like him a lot as an actor he's probably in my top five he's had some amazing roles and I don't mean Bruce Banner he's had some really good good roles in, in with decent range too i love mark ruffalo uh so i wanted to follow him on twitter this was a couple of years ago and he's he lives he lives in new york and he's uh re- really interested in certain issues uh where he condemns he condemns uh, like broad swaths of people uh as he advocates for certain issues and. I, I realized I'm like, this guy is one of my favorite actors of all time. And if he knew me in person, he would literally want to hit me with his car. He hates me that much. Like, and now I know that Mark Ruffalo hates like every aspect of my soul and being, he hates me. Like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> like, I, I just, I wish I didn't know that. Um, and I, I still like him just as much, uh, but I had to unfollow Mark Ruffalo. Cause I, I want, Mark Ruffalo in his acting and and the actual person Mark Ruffalo um I I feel almost like he's dangerous
1: to me. <laughs> Dude, and that's he's gonna he's gonna murder me. That's the thing is like you say the actual person Mark Ruffalo. I don't even know if some of these are the actual person. That's what I'm saying. That's what All like could for, be. yeah, like that's how I think of it. I because there are a lot of people who I know the actual person. Like I've Spent time with them, and then I see the version that they create of themselves for yeah. social media with with their like megaphone, and it's like these these are like incongruent personalities, and I don't know what's going on there, but it's it's kind of frightening. And uh, I, at the end of the day, I think it's perfectly fine for you to still like Mark Ruffalo's films and acting and not I feel do. bad about unfollowing him uh, because he's like persecuting <laughs> your entire being on the internet.
0: <laughs> I hope he has, uh, he has like his attic. I hope it's all pictures of me with like yarn and, you know, drawing lines from <laughs> things like the, the Pepe Sylvia conspiracy <laughs> photo from it's always sunny. I hope he has a room dedicated to me. I, I I'd refollow him if he did.
1: I'm sure he does. Let's um, because that would be cool. Let's hear your three. What are your three? Because I know they are pretty different okay. than mine.
0: They are different. Your reign of terror is over. Yeah, I'm taking over on this. Um, yeah, mine are completely different, and uh, your center a lot on kind of mental well-being, you know, and and the creative health and all that stuff, and that is that is hugely hugely important. The operational side too is important, executing whatever that healthy, creative stuff is. And, uh, I don't, I don't know about any, any of the problems that the people we mentioned face. I don't know if this stuff would help them at all or not. I don't, I have no idea. I just know what has been critical to me, to you, to other people I've worked with. So one thing is just reducing the burden of whatever you're doing. Okay. Especially as you grow. I mean, success is is a really difficult thing to deal with, right? (laughs) It's really tough. And you can think of it as simple as this. If, you know, uh, 397 people sign up for the dumpster crew tomorrow, I have a problem. Okay, I have a problem with sending out those packages in a timely fashion. <laughs> that would, yeah. It would be incredible if hundreds of people jumped out of the woodwork to join the, the Patreon, but if they did, that success would bury me, right?
1: You, you, you see you this know, on Shark an, Tank all the time. If if you ever watch Shark Tank, half of the oh, people that good, go yeah. in there are, are – uh, not half the people, that's way overestimating – But a lot of people that go in there are victims of success. And they're like, I have all of these orders that I can't fulfill and I need your help. Yeah,
0: That's an excellent example of it. Uh, And so you have to do, you have to figure out the easiest, most efficient things for you to outsource the things that you need to get rid of too. Right. There are one or two things that you probably hate doing or that take up too much of your time or that affect you in, in a way that's, that's too negative, right? It's, it's too important. So you find out what these one or two things are that you can give up, have somebody else do to just take away that burden. And then preferably you you find somebody decent to help out with that. Um, you know, I, I talk about the package stuff. Um, when that's something that we, uh, when, when we went over The logistics of that, we said, okay, this can work because producer Ben can come over and help me do this. If it hits a point where this is too much of a thing in a weird schedule or the volume is too high, whatever, there is a mechanism that will help me here. And so it won't be a big deal. So then poof, all the stress is gone. The people listening, I hope 397 of you do sign up for the dumpster crew tomorrow because we'll be able to handle that (laughs) Uh, precisely because I, I recognize this is, this is potentially a problem. Let's put a thing in place. You've talked about editing, taking a lot of time. And when you edit 500 videos, uh, it's, it gets tough. Uh, You found people who are very good at editing, love editing uh, and And can take on that burden. We're constantly looking to outsource the stuff that makes every day difficult. And we literally talk about some piece of that. Kevin and I do every single day, Mm -hmm. right? Minutes before, literally minutes before we started recording, we were talking about an email that came in on precisely one of those topics. It's a constant process to find out what can be, reduced in terms of a burden and also given to somebody who is not only capable but probably better than we are
1: yes that was exactly what i was gonna say is that you might not be the best at editing you might not be the best at audio mixing you might not be the best at coming up with whatever it is that's bogging you down and chances are there's somebody out there who is better than you and is and, and, and hopefully you know you can afford to work together or figure out some sort of means of you know equally kind of uh, being being beneficial in, in, in a relationship. but you know y- it's easy to get too precious about your creations and get too wrapped up in no, I'm the only one that could possibly do this or the possibly you know understand the way that I want it done. And maybe that's true for a while, but yeah, with editing for me, you're right. After editing like 500 videos, all of a sudden editing video 501 was really hard for me. (laughs) (laughs) And the prospect of editing video 502 was not appealing. At, At some point you're, you may hit a wall with some element of what you're juggling all the time and you can pass that ball off to somebody who's probably better at, doing that than you.
0: YouTube is a fantastic example of this too, because of the range of components that go into making a video and putting it, putting it out there. Okay. And when you start to think of what all of those pieces are, it's obvious that you're not going to be incredible at all of them. And it's obvious that not all of them are going to be easy for you. Uh, So uh, you write a good video well, maybe you want uh, an extra set of eyes to say, well, this should go here, or you really should lead with this because it's actually, it's actually funnier or it's more interesting. So somebody to, to look at the script like that, uh, with editing, if anybody, anybody listening to this needs editing help, like needs somebody to help them edit, send me a DM on Twitter at, at Tabor TCU. Okay. Because I know Right now, off the top of my head, I bet I know five people, five editors, video editors who are very good and they're all looking for stuff to work on, you know? So if editing is tedious for you or, uh, it's hard, um, which it is tough. Like it's, it's a very time consuming thing to learn. So unless you're really an editor, uh, probably a real editor is going to have an easier time. Um, you know shoot me a dm and i'll hook you up with somebody um there's just so many good editors right now thumbnails i am not a a terribly visual person i personally am not i don't have photoshop skills that are any good if i had to make thumbnails for videos i'm in trouble you know i know uh there are people who primarily work on thumbnails staffo s t a f o w or s t a f o h is a guy who just makes thumbnails you know he makes them for inabber and, and a bunch of other people the right opinion i think he's worked with um he did a couple that were excellent for you mm-hmm. uh the the guy knows thumbnails uh, that's that's what he does so why would you not outsource something that could take hours to, to have this really good looking thumbnail to a guy who probably takes 10 minutes to snap together something better than you could do. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, writing descriptions, even, you know, writing a dialogue in a video and something that's going to be presented visually is not the same as writing a description that the YouTube algorithm is going to be able to make sense of and suggest your videos in the right places from. So you can see just these four different things. Um, It's perfectly sensible that there's somebody out there who can relieve the burden of one or two of them and get a better result for you as they do it. That's huge. My second one is actually, uh, I'm flipping the order on these from what you're looking at, Kevin, uh, because it's so close to what we just talked about, where you develop skills that you don't have, or you partner with somebody who has them. Okay. Okay. If we're talking about a YouTube video, audio is a massive component of video. It is huge. And there are so many people making good content on YouTube right now. There are not very many people who are making good videos that also have good audio. There are a lot of people making good podcasts. Who have terrible audio quality?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know, it's it's like listening to an AM radio uh, through you know a soup can and a string. Or it's hard to get uh, right.
1: It, it, like people think it's easy, yeah. it's not, and and it can ruin. It can absolutely ruin a video. You know, when I was in film uh, film school for for college, you know, my professor hammered that home. She was like, audio is 75% of video. That's what she said. It's weird. Yeah. Because you can have a crappy looking thing. If you have a crappy sounding thing, no one is going to sit through that. (laughs) Because for whatever reason, like bad sound is just unlistenable. But a bad looking thing, I don't know, even if it's like soft focus, bad framing, whatever, you'll get through if it sounds okay. Something could be shot beautifully and it sounds like garbage and you're not sitting through that.
0: So the message here is not to go out and become an audio expert, Uh, but it's an example. It's a specific example of a critical element to whatever you're doing that could be very hard for you, cause you stress, and, and really affect The outcome. You can learn audio. Like there are some really good courses on Skillshare and places like that that will give you the basics of a skill that you don't have. Maybe it's editing. Maybe it's copywriting. Maybe it's um, maybe it's working like to to get sponsorships. Maybe it's selling yourself. There's all this stuff out there, right? Where you don't necessarily have the skills yet because you didn't work a job that, that used those skills. You never learned them there. Um, you didn't study this kind of thing. Uh, a big issue that we generally have on YouTube is that, you know, 95% of YouTube is, is done by fetuses. You know, everybody there is 17 weeks old and there just hasn't been a lot of time to acquire some of these skills. That's okay. It's through no fault of their own. Like if you're a 19-year-old creator who's killing it on something, it's perfectly sensible that you have not finally honed every possible skill in the industry by the age of 19, <laughs> right? So this, may, this is a common sense thing, but find out what, what you need to know that you don't know and need to know. Find a way to learn the basics of it. You know, I knew zero about audio before this podcast and I still don't know very much at all, but just doing a crash course at the beginning gave me some of the terminology I needed to talk to, uh, whoever was editing this stuff. Um, it was tremendously useful. It took a lot of stress away because all of a sudden it wasn't a total black box. You know, I, I got a little bit of skill and that went a long, long way. And then It made it easier to partner with somebody like, uh, Marcus, who's editing, uh, doing the editing for us. Now we were able to find Marcus and set him up to do this in part because we, we kind of knew what we were looking for at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, you knew audio anyway, you know, you, you came into YouTube with audio knowledge from all that stuff
1: back in the day. I didn't though, Dude, I took a class Uh, where I had to edit on tape. On reel to real, It was cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that? No, no, that's It cool. wasn't like an entire semester of that, but it was like a few, it was like a week of the class where we got to see what it was like to cut audio on actual tape with a razor blade and you mark it with a grease pen and wow, you like, that's it, the real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you literally tape it with what's pretty much Scott tape, Scotch tape. Uh, <laughs> Together. It's really, it was really cool. It was really cool.
0: (laughs) Kevin's back there with his, his phonograph.
1: Yeah. It's basically like listening to his
0: wax cylinders.
1: (laughs) It's like the butter churning of, of, of editing. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. I got to, but it was at that point too, you know, I'm not that old, but it was neat to, to get that experience. That's all.
0: If you try to do everything yourself, it's probably going to be hard to sustain. And the the outcome is probably not going to be as good either. And you can build the expertise over time and get to a point where you are good at the things that you or at least you understand the things that you currently are not good at and or don't understand. And that goes into my third point, which is really about this bizarre this bizarre mix of hyper short term activity and long term patience. Now, if anybody is familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V talks about this all the time with Uh, I forget the word he uses on micro activity and macro patients. So you grind and grind and you go nuts every day doing this thing, but you also recognize that it's not going to pay off for five years.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like you need to accept that you're going to slam every day on this thing. And you probably will not see anything for five years, maybe 10 years. It was it was uh, six, seven, eight years for me, I guess, mm-hmm. before I was in a really viable place, and I was, I worked as much as anybody I've ever met during that time, um, but but it didn't pay off in a significant way for a really long time. And I think back to uh, a movie that's actually now on Netflix. Any given Sunday. You've certainly seen this movie,
1: Kevin. Not since it, it's old, not since it first came out. Uh, I, I think it came out in '99. Yeah, uh, I, might have s- is, I might have seen it in the theater. Actually, uh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I don't remember much of it.
0: Al Pacino is the
1: football coach. Yeah, uh,
0: Jamie Fox, LL Cool J, Lawrence Taylor are all players on the the Sharks. But I forget the I forget the city Miami. I think maybe Miami Sharks. I feel like they're in Miami.
1: I don't remember, uh, but
0: anyway, he has this speech, and it's something you can look up on YouTube, uh, where the El Pacino has this, you know, rousing coach speech, and he ends up screaming uh, through it. It's it's one of those inspirational kind of things, but he says f- he's yelling to the guys that football is a game of inches, and that they're constantly fighting for the tiniest, tiniest little things, and those inches add up to winning a game winning the championship over a season, having a long career. That is absolutely 100% true, that you have this grinding, horrible fight over inches to get this really big meta long-term success of any kind. And you have to recognize that. You have to get comfortable with that. Now that I'm older, I have perspective on how that happened for me. I know where it came from now. And it's because I played a whole lot of cards when I was younger. I played a lot of poker many years ago. And that is the for me it was the perfect way to learn this because uh everything is one hand of cards and that hand of cards is broken up into multiple rounds and you have to make the right decision at each of those rounds. And you do this over and over and over. If you're playing for six hours, that's, you know, a couple hundred hands. If you're playing every day, well, it's thousands. If you're trying to cover your expenses by doing this, you can play hundreds of thousands of hands in a year. But all of it is coming from these really tiny, tiny, tiny moments that go in, in succession and you have to make the, the best possible decision at all of those moments. And sometimes you make exactly the right decision and the wrong card falls through pure chance and negates the value and just destroys you. Even though you did everything right, you still lose. And when this happens many, many times over years, you become immune to the, the problems on that. But, or hopefully you do. Uh but you get a sense of the way all of this stuff works and I found sense that YouTube things, writing things, a lot of creative things operate in exactly the same way just with a different mechanism.
1: Yeah, I had so so here's a restaurant analogy because I worked in restaurants for so long before YouTube. The head waitress at one of the restaurants I worked at um uh was talking to a younger waitress and The head waitress got stiffed on a bill. She got, uh, uh, it was either no tip or like pretty much a garbage tip. And the younger waitress, but she wasn't upset by that. And the younger waitress didn't understand that. And she was asking, you know, like, wait, like you're not mad? Like you're not mad that table just totally stiffed you? And she said, no, because it's not about that table. Like another table will come along and over tip me and it'll pay off yeah. in the long run and getting upset about that one just doesn't help and it's it's a waste of her mental you know there's no mental anguish to uh you know lament the fact that one person stiffed you because you also probably aren't going to be jumping for joy necessarily that the next person over tipped you you just will be happy for a brief moment but in the long run it'll work out and i think that At least in the restaurant industry, that mindset is very similar to kind of what you laid out. It is. And you just have to grind on whatever that micro task is,
0: whether it's an individual table, whether it's a hand of cards, whether it's writing a description on a YouTube video, it doesn't matter. But you grind on that micro task and then you go on to the next micro task. Uh, This, this next moment you deal with it and you kill it to the best of your ability and just recognize that each one is like a grain of sand that eventually makes a beach. And it's really tough to, to believe in that when you do, when you, you slam these little things over and over, it, it, it takes over your life. It can, you know, it can, it's who you are at a certain point. And if there's no payoff for that, it can be extremely discouraging. But, but you do have to remember, like the the entrepreneurship people, Gary Vee and the and the rest, uh, talking about the way this works. You've, you've got to get comfortable with that, and that helps with the burnout. You know I want to I pull it back to that, because it, it gives you a perspective that whatever's happening right now at this second is not going to determine how things go generally. Yeah, if it's extremely hard right now. That doesn't mean that your channel's dead. It doesn't mean that your painting sucks. It doesn't mean that your comic isn't funny. Um, it's it's a moment in time. And it, what really matters is, is down the line, and it's probably going to even out. Mm-hmm. We've talked about specific videos so, so many times in the idea stage. Certain ones we think are going to just be bangers are not. Mm-hmm. And certain ones that we think are just okay, um, have turned out to thrill people, you know? And so even when you do that micro analysis at the time, like most of the time, it's not even right. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. You're like
0: wrong both ways about it. Yeah. So, and it's the easiest way to get this to, and this is my 3.5 rule. And And I'll be extremely quick about this, but it really does help to have somebody in that circle like Kevin talked about somebody you can talk to who has more experience who has been around longer you know and I, I don't like words like mentor i think that's the stupidest word ever i hate that word god it's dumb but somebody's just been through some stuff right and that's happening now with people freaking out about about the virus and how that's going to impact stuff you know i'm not 90 years old but I was their age when I'm thinking of some specific conversations, you know, in group chat settings and I'm looking at it, I'm like, I was their age in Boston when 9-11 happened. And in the days ensuing, we thought the economy is busted. We don't know if we're going to be able to get home from Boston because at that time, you know, with, with planes, that was an issue. Are they going to ground all flights? Um, the international friends that I had were they going to be able to get home? Uh, was school going to get canceled for the semester? Like virtually everything I'm seeing people concerned about now, that age, we were concerned about it then. It we we lived through it. You know, like most of what we thought was going to be ba- bad didn't turn out to be the problem we feared. Uh, it's a lot easier. To process that now, precisely because it's not you know it's not my first rodeo, Uh, and there's no substitute for that. There's no substitute for being able to talk to somebody who has experienced the thing that you're having trouble with now. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're going to be right about it. It doesn't mean that it's going to work out the same way. No, you know it may very well blow up and be a problem in a way that. Those things weren't, but um, it gives you a little confidence that problems X, Y, and Z are going to have a solution and they're probably going to be okay in some capacity or that you'll be able to deal with them even if they aren't, that you're going to be able to get through it.
1: Yeah, you need perspective. and And that veteran yeah. leadership stuff reminds me of sports when they always say, oh, they brought in this veteran wide receiver to help out the young core of wide receivers. It's like, well, what does that mean? It means that yeah. the wide receiver who has been in the NFL for nine seasons probably is able to teach the rookie a thing or two that they're having trouble with. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the new guy at work <laughs> or, or, or on YouTube. I think that you're right. Having somebody... Yeah, not necessarily a mentor, but just somebody to chat with that's been through that and can lend you perspective because perspective can really alter your perspective. Don't be shy about going to somebody, even if you don't know them at
0: all. You can like cold open to these people and, and ask them what they think about something because think about what you're doing when you do that. You're basically going to somebody and saying, oh, Oracle – Give me your wisdom. I value what you think and what your experience is. Please detail that for me uh, because you've accomplished something or done something that uh, is so good that I'm turning to you. Yeah. So like by definition on this you're making these people feel pretty good about who they are <laughs> like not too many people are going to slam the door in your face when you're coming to them saying you're awesome can you just tell me what you've learned right over some people don't have the time for that and they'll tell you but overwhelmingly the people who have the the perspective and experience really like passing that down to you. So don't be at all shy or think that you're bothering them or be nervous about them thinking you're stupid. No, it doesn't work that way at all. Like just shoot your shot,
1: you know, and and they will overwhelmingly be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Destin um, Sandlin has that podcast, no dumb questions. And I love that phrase. Yeah, There are no dumb questions, you know, it just because you you don't know something doesn't mean you're dumb. It's just you haven't experienced it yet. You don't you don't know. So ask, yeah. and then then you'll know. <laughs> so um, I hope that you had a a three point five as well, didn't you? No. What what was that? Did I? You had uh, the recognizing recognizing what all of this adds up to. Oh, oh that it that it is a, a job that it, yeah yeah I mean yeah. And that again is just perspective. It's like, yeah, you need to have the perspective of treating it like a job. And um, and you know what? Here's what I'll say about that. Um, the reason that I didn't do Vsauce three, which was like the gaming Vsauce after after you know Vsauce one was no longer about gaming, and we wanted uh, to bring gaming back into the fold. You know, I didn't want to do Vsauce three. I didn't want to do Vsauce gaming because I didn't want gaming to be my job. Like when I mentioned earlier that when I disconnect from the internet, I go and play video games. It's because that is how I decompress. And I'm consciously made the decision for me. It was not going to be good to make my decompression mechanism, my job. And maybe that you know doesn't work for everybody but that was really important for me to separate those things and not intermingle them so i don't know if you know there's there's a big difference between people who want to make their passion their job you right mm-hmm. Yep. um but i also think that that could be part of the burnout is if it if that's not working out and then your passion is not working out the way that you thought it was that could be like doubly negative to your, your health, to your mental health. And like the thing that I love is not working out. So now what? And that's a really hard thing to confront.
0: It's high stakes when you combine those two. Yeah. It's high stakes and it can certainly weigh down the thing that is just pure enjoyment for you. Um, one thing that I've liked for almost 30 years now is bowling. And this may surprise you. Kevin and anybody listening, but the bowling media ecosystem is not the best one in sports. (laughs) What does that mean? Uh, You you know, it's just like not as evolved as, as football and soccer and uh, basketball and whatever. Like there's a limited amount of people, limited amount of information, varying quality, whatever. You know how many times I've looked at some of those elements and thought, you know, I could do this thing or that thing and it would be very badly needed in this space and it would be 10 times better than what i'm looking at right now and i've done what you just said where i i ultimately decide like no i i really don't want to i don't want to combine media work with bowling videos i like to watch you know or or following uh the pba tour and whatever i i really just want to enjoy that And maybe there'll be a time where I combine them. Like I can definitely see doing that as one of those like half jobs. When you retire, you know where you're doing something useful, but you're not really working. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'll probably do something like that with bowling. But right now I think it would kill the enjoyment of being a bowling fan. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Um, so I I really want to get into our baby gang questions and yep. um, hit some of those because those are important to answer your questions, folks. This uh, this entire
0: episode touches on Boromir's question about keeping a healthy work life balance working on Vsauce two and the Create Unknown. And we we each do stuff outside of that as well. You know, I work on some business things on YouTube, some management type things. Uh, you do other stuff. So it's not even just those two things. Um, but is there something else that you haven't that you haven't mentioned? There's gotta be something in the life of the Lieber that is that 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 restores that work life
1: balance. Well, I I I guess that would be well one of the, the the other ways that I disconnect is through sports. Like I think <laughs> that I've always I've always been weird in the fact that I really really love sports and I I've never been friends with the people who really love sports. You know what I mean? Like I was always the one guy in my friend group that like loved football and everybody th- made fun of me for it. <laughs> Like for whatever reason, like the people who love sports, I wasn't friends with them. I was the one who loved sports in my group of weirdos. So anyway, that's probably another thing that I, that I, I use to decompress is what I like about sports is that it's live, it's real, it's happening in the world and there's a victor and a loser. Like there's, there's some sort of determination that occurs in a competition and I really like that. I like that's my reality TV, you know. Like, I and then you move on, it's over and it's on to the next season, it's on to the next game. Yep, 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 exactly. Like, I know that people love things like The Bachelor and like that sort of reality TV. That is not my thing. Um, my reality TV is like football, basketball, UFC. You watch the thing, you see what happens, and you're right. Then you move on. And it's it's real, and it's a good way to, to decompress for me that, that is actually less active. Like in video games, you're like actually still kind of pretty active, like controlling the thing and trying to achieve whatever, beat the game. But yeah, when it comes to like watching sports, that's really my opportunity to just kind of sit there and veg out, you know.
0: I have a bunch of little things and they change over time and I bounce back and forth between them. But right now, I'll tell you right now what I'm doing to decompress and it is thinking about nut trees. Okay.
1: (laughs) You and your nut trees. Look, Matt, hold on. Before you go, but before you go on, I want everybody to know, like we should, I almost want to do an episode just about this with you because. About what? You're you're like micro obsessions with so many different things that I don't think a lot of people also have micro obsessions of. Like, you have probably not, you have like a hundred things that you know a lot about in a way that most people don't have a hundred things that they have done and know a lot about, whether it's like tanning chipmunk skins or uh yeah. Which if you meet me at an event, if it's at VidCon
0: <laughs> or something like that, ask to see my wallet chipmunk because my cat brought this chipmunk to the porch and I tanned the little chipmunk hide and, and it's been in my wallet now for
1: probably four years. Yeah. And you say that very matter of factly, but it's pretty strange. That's all I'm saying. And, and that's yeah. just like one of a hundred things that I, I think are in the same ballpark. And I don't even remember half of the things that you've told me over the years,
0: but it's the, it's the mechanism that we're talking about here, because I find a subject that I'm interested in. And then I, I don't want to say it's an obsession for that subject and only that subject, but, but it's my focus. It's my focus for a long time. Uh, like, well, not a long time necessarily, but a substantial amount of time to really feel like I know this thing. And it happens in a lot of, uh, of areas. Like I hit a point where I thought, I really want to understand what Winston Churchill was about. So I read almost everything that he wrote, which like the the histories of the English speaking peoples, is a four volume, you know, set that's like that alone is it took forever. And then you can imagine how many biographies there are of Churchill. And so it, rather than, you know, just like, Having an interest in World War II, for example, it was like, no, I'm going to do 15 things that are about Winston Churchill. And then when I feel like I'm in a good place with that, something else invariably pops up. And right now that is figuring out what nut-bearing trees can grow in this um, in this agricultural region safely, because you know, with temperatures and soil quality and moisture and all of that, um, what can be grown given the land that we have the climate that we have and that can be harvested without really specialized equipment so with with some you know you need a tree shaker have you ever seen a video of of those no no the craziest thing machine man, that just shakes trees yeah it's like this little tractor that has kind of a clamp at the front of it and it just drives up to the tree clamps on the trunk and then it's like <clears throat> It just <laughs> throttles this tree so that it generates enough, like shaking, to shake the nuts off onto the ground. Right? Well, I don't have one of those yet, uh, but you know, that's the kind of thing you think about. Like, oh, if I've got this tree full of nuts, how am I actually going to get these nuts off the tree? I am not going to pluck one by one <laughs> with a ladder. Um, you know, my my great grandfather died doing precisely that with apples. That like, it's a dangerous thing. Uh, I I think he was on a ladder. He may have been in the tree, but yeah, he, he broke his uh, neck and back getting, you know, uh, uh, fruit and nut bearing tree stuff out. Yeah. Jeez. It's dangerous business, right? Uh, so anyway, you've, you've got that stuff. And then how many are going to guarantee pollination? Do you need to rent bees? Uh, you know, you can rent colonies of bees that come in and pollinate for you. <laughs> uh, and then what are you going to do with all these nuts? And I'm right now, I'm looking at chestnuts and uh, filberts, hazelnuts. Hazelnuts, I mean, because everybody loves Nutella, right? But I'm really getting into hazelnuts here for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> and I think that maybe seven or eight years from now, if I play my 2020 cards right, seven or eight years from now, I could be producing four tons
1: of hazelnuts Every season. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I really hope that everybody listening enjoyed that explanation as much as I did. Because <laughs> it's a good question, Boromir. <laughs> I just like hearing you so matter-of-factly talk about look, look. Should I rent bees? <laughs> like that's like not a, that's not a normal question. I don't know. Should you rent bees? I'm not sure. Well, there are no dumb questions. Kevin. No, there are, there aren't. I didn't say it was dumb. I just said it was abnormal. <laughs>
0: So that ran long, Patrick, uh, yogurt96 in the Discord, um, which Patrick's been enjoying Vietnamese cuisine for a couple weeks at a restaurant nearby him that is, has been very generous. Mm-hmm. I haven't had Vietnamese food in a while, but the next time I'm in his area, we're going to this place because it sounds amazing. What's your quarantine strategy? For the coronavirus. What's an element. What, we know all the basic stuff. Cause we're all doing it. Right. But what's an element of the quarantine strategy? Like what item did you make sure you had that a normal person wouldn't have?
1: I haven't done that yet. So, I mean, I guess I have to figure that out. You, I don't know. There is no strategy.
0: That's a, a yeah. reveal
1: on its own. Yeah. I don't have a strategy. I'm not panic buying. I haven't even gone to the store. I, I thought one thing that was really ironic about the panic buying is the fact that okay? So you're afraid of getting sick. So everyone is gonna like pack like sardines into the supermarket and cough on each other for like three hours to buy toilet paper. Like this is a bad idea, right? Like, am I There's the only one? There was a video one of one of that?
0: the colleges. Yeah, there was one of the video. A video of one of the colleges announcing that the semester was gonna go remote everybody's going home and they're doing online, whatever. Like immediately all the students have this gigantic, like 1200 person celebration in the quad <laughs> where they're like jumping up and down just like, like a post Super bowl, bowl victory.
1: <laughs> I'm like, no, you've, you've, this is not what's supposed to happen right now. Yeah. This is the opposite. So yeah, no, I don't have a strategy. Um, so I will be grossly un- un- unprepared if something does go wildly wrong, but, uh, I am optimistic that that will not happen, so I'm I'm good.
0: It's not affecting any workflow for us. No, that's the the, the nutty thing here is that just this changes officially nothing when it comes to <laughs> when no. it comes to like making YouTube videos and podcasts.
1: Yeah, and we don't have kids, so we're not worried about you know them not being right. in school or when they go back to school right. or if they brought something home or that's just not a thing. Yeah. As long as I have dog food and cat food and human food, <laughs> I'm pretty much okay. When
0: I talked earlier, when I said, this is so funny, I just realized this, that when I said earlier that Kevin and I approach everything like as polar opposites, this is the perfect example because, you know, it's like, oh, how what are you doing for this coronavirus? Neither of us are doing anything because Kevin has chosen to do nothing and doesn't care <laughs> and I was already ready for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, You've already, like, you've already prepped and, like, and I don't care. So like,
0: this is what we do anyway with these, these two responses. Like that, yep. that's really funny that virtually nothing is, is different at all for either of us. Um, I'm actually trying to put more time than to like make things easier for my parents. Cause they don't want to be a sardine in the store. Uh, you know, they're obviously older uh, and they don't want to run out and do that stuff so if i can if i can make them meals and things like that and then you know bring it down to them um that's that's cool so i'm putting more effort in to to them and i tried to convince anybody in the discord saw this this morning but i tried to convince my mom that i was making her and my dad chicken and band-aids <laughs> that's so disgusting Yeah. So I happened to have, (laughs) I was making a chicken soup, right. With old Bay seasoned sous vide prepared chicken that will go in and, you know, a nice soup. Um, but I threw the, the chicken container in the garbage and then I threw a couple band-aids on top of that. And so I'm like, Oh, this is a good picture. I'll send my mom a picture of this and just say, I'm making you chicken and (laughs) band-aids. Uh, so I'm not actually <laughs> cooking them, but I, I got her to, to believe me. Like I, I really sold it. I sold it. And you know, I, I was like, Oh, I had, I needed the blood for to season, like fresh blood to season the chicken. She's like, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> so gross.
0: But yeah. So my quarantining, I mean, I'm isolated anyway, where, where I live. That's not much of an issue. Hopefully I can get, uh, get Mo out of uh, Sin City to hang out here in isolation. I'm working on that. But yeah, it's generally business as usual for us,
1: isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. And uh but in in response to uh the quarantine, I do want to remind everybody that we are sending you things. We are sending the that's right the COVID TCU care package. So uh all of the dumpster crew in up will have You know, something to to stockpile from TCU. These are rapid fire so we can wrap up. Jeff is, who's, by
0: the way, Ben, we mentioned this already in another episode, but tremendously helpful with some Vsauce 2 topics. We put some time into that on Friday, which was awesome. It continues to pay off. Um, This was interesting. Have either of you ever played a pen and paper Uh, role-playing game or tabletop game like dungeons and dragons he says he hasn't have you
1: no i never knew anybody that that did like literally i've never known or encountered or like walked across walked into a room and had been asked would you like to do this because i would have said yes but i I guess i would have needed to be the person to suggest it and i don't know anything about it so no, the answer is no. Unfortunately, it,
0: I, it never came up, did it? No, it, it didn't come up for either of us much. No. And now it's kind of interesting. And I know a couple people in the Discord, like Conrad uh, is Conrad 500, is I think he DMs like uh, Dungeon Master. That's type cool on, on those games. Yeah, like he's super into it. A bunch of other people are super into it. So there are a lot of cool people who are into this stuff. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that I get into in the future. You know? Yeah. It's a good pace too. Like at this point, like I'm, I have more patience for those things than I did in the past. Right. Um, something that
1: you collect that nobody knows about. That nobody knows about. Jeez. Really? The only thing I collect is video games and everybody seems to know about that. So, um, I have pins. Uh, my wife started getting me pins. She got me a pin board and, you can find oh, like enamel pins. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Like ena- enamel pins, because you can find really weird things in pin form that you can't like, for instance, I have some Dwight Schrute pins that are just really, they're <laughs> just really funny. It's like Dwight Schrute wearing the CPR masks face as a pin. Like that's awesome. I can look at that every day and um, <laughs> it just is entertaining and good decoration. I also have a pickle Rick pin, a pickle Rick pin. That's a tongue twister. Is it textured? So with like little bumps on the pickle. Um, I don't know. I'll have to go feel it, but I'll take a picture of this and share it with everybody. Go feel your pickle. Kevin. I'll post it on Patreon so that everyone can see go my. Go feel your pickle. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a series of books from uh, the early forties that came out in Britain, kind of like golden books in the U S little kids books. And they're called The Adventures of Wonk. And Wonk is a koala, kind of like Winnie the Pooh. And he's got – it's actually a bit of a knockoff of that same structure where there's the boy who has the little animal friend. And the animal friend is the goofy one who's getting into things. And the boy is pretty sensible. Um, the Adventures of Wonk, there are only six books. And they're really hard to find for an interesting reason because the uh, the United Kingdom – um changed paper quality uh in the war years because paper was used for the war effort, so it's really low quality those books were printed on a really low quality paper and because they're almost eighty years old now, most of them did not survive um and the ones that did are battered and beaten, most of them don't have their covers anymore they're the they're, they're dust jackets because they were so thin um I have a bunch of those. I get them sparingly because at this point they're pretty expensive. I rarely find one that's cheap enough. Uh, But my dream is to have a complete set of first editions with good dust jackets. Mm. And right now I think I have three first editions and three dust jackets. Uh, I could go out and just buy those, but I mean, they're like $250 a piece when they're in good condition with a dust jacket, wow. so I'm not going to go like drop a grand on koala books, right? Yeah. Um, but maybe over time I can slowly assemble them. But that's that's my thing that nobody knows about or sees. Couple rapid fire. What animal resembles you the most, Kevin? This is from Monsieur Chinchilla.
1: Which congratulations on joining the gang, Chinchilla. I don't know. I've always liked monkeys. So I'll just say monkey. You'd want to be a monkey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to be a monkey. That was always my favorite. That was my animal when I was a kid. Loved monkeys. Just a general like kind of monkey or any specific variety? Um, Yeah, probably like a Curious George kind of monkey, not like a chimp or ape or bonobo or anything like that.
0: Yeah. I don't have a specific one that I can... I, I could narrow this down. It would probably take me a month or two to decide, but there's a class of animals that I... I, I think I'd want to be and that's it, it ranges like a small animal that's very quick and hides you know things like weasels and martens, I like those because they're sleek they have nice fur they're fast you know they're weaselly that's cool I like squirrels and chipmunks for that reason you know they're little quick weird little animals you know I, I like things they fit like in your that. So anything in that class <laughs> they do they can by the way that that little chipmunk was not murdered for the, the, the hide it, not to go on my wallet. He was already, he, he was already a victim of my cat. And the best I could do at that point was to honor his memory. Right. By making use of, yeah. of all of them. Yeah. Um, boom, boom, boom. James is so hard because James's questions, we have to filter them. We can't just like read them sight unseen because they're guaranteed to be terrible. Um, this is interesting though, cause I want you to answer it alone. Do you think the his, the Hitler mustache will ever be okay to wear again? And the reason I want you to answer this is because it was the Chaplin mustache and you're a big Chaplin fan. Yeah. What do you do if you have like a brand element like Charlie Chaplin's mustache
1: and it gets co-opted for a terrible reason? No, it's over. The answer is no, definitely not. Because I was just trying to wrap my head around like how long does the, you know, like the image or the... like the memory or the legend of like a notoriously bad person last. And it could be a really long time. I mean, you know, Genghis Khan, that was kind of a while ago and we still talk about Genghis Khan. So I can imagine hundreds of years from now, society still being around and using Hitler as, you know, the archetypal evil tyrant. And that, (laughs) That mustache will be a major part of that. So the answer is never to me. You're saying when it's over, it's over when society is has collapsed and we lose the memory of that. Then that's maybe then (laughs) maybe then, but until then uh, it's not happening. (laughs) Isaac asks, uh, Isaac
0: Teal, who is our, uh, perpetual, perpetual fan of, of the show. And we are a perpetual fan of Isaac, Um, thoughts on creators, canceling live shows, meet and greets and tours. Uh, do you, do you have any, any insights on that? It seems almost necessary at this point that everybody's got to shut those things down.
1: Yeah. At least for now, I think it'll be, you know, like I said, I'm optimistic. I think that it'll just be a temporary thing and, you know, who knows? Maybe by, um, July or something, everything returns completely to normal and, Whatever, but for now, yeah. Well, you're somebody who nobody's doing. You're somebody anything. who does those. I'm not. Nobody. Nobody's buying tickets to come hang
0: out with me. However, you and Michael and Jake do meet and greets at VidCon most years, and you're meeting a couple hundred people. You know, and you spend a lot of hours. By the way, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something nice about Kevin. I'm gonna give him a compliment. <laughs> uh, when it, it's one of those awkward things where you have to listen to something nice about you and it's weird. But those, those three guys, Michael, Kevin, and Jake always extend the meet and greet times as long as it needs to go. Not everybody does that. Like I've seen this a lot of years where you've got like a two hour window or something like that. And if the line's still there, it it just, they just keep going. And that's really cool. I like that. I like that about all three of you is that, you recognize that people have taken uh, the time to wait to have, a, have you know, a quick conversation with you and whatever. And you guys hang out until the end on that. We used and to I have to argue awesome. with
1: VidCon about that. We would get into arguments with I remember with that them. one year. Yeah, where they were like, you guys, you know, you have to speed this up. And we were like, well, we're not going to. So <laughs> these people waited a long time. They could have traveled yeah. from who knows where. Um It's really rude to just shake somebody's hand and tell them to get, get lost. Like that's horrible.
0: Well, as somebody who might be shaking 300 hands in an afternoon,
1: um, do you feel at all weird about, about any of this stuff? Uh, I do feel a bit weird about it. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see how much weirder I feel about it in a few weeks or a couple of months. But, um. I know that VidCon came out like yesterday, I think it was, and said we're still having VidCon, and I don't believe it. I, I did not believe it. I don't no. think it's happening. So well, we will find out soon. We'll see how
0: effective these yeah. uh, force measures are. Last one. Last one. This is from Andrew, uh, and it is 100%. You, who is your favorite character in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Because. I've never played that game.
1: I didn't even know what SSBU was when he asked. I'm like, I thought it was like a university. No, this is, this is when this is not a, this is, will just make me look bad. Cause I don't play that game either. I, I'm not into it. I'm not into smash brothers. I've never liked it. I don't like, I don't really like fighting really? games. So now everybody's going to be mad. You're, you're a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. 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 No, it's not fighting games. Aren't interesting to me. Um, like I get why they're amazing for like competition and stuff like that. They're amazing for tournaments and and esports. But uh, no, man, I like I like long solo like grindy I like RPGs, I like JRPGs. Yeah. I just got Neo Two, and I was up until like nearly four o'clock in the morning playing Neo Two because it's amazing. And I know that means nothing to you, but if it <laughs> anybody knows that game. It is awesome. That's, that's how I spend my time gaming is playing games like that. Well, you're going to need,
0: you're going to need a character on a future episode. You're going to have to settle on one. We're going to have to, you're going to have to at least watch a little video of other people having fun with this game and deciding that you like one thing more than,
1: well, the I rest. know the characters. I mean, I have amiibos of some characters that are in smash. I have a cloud amiibo because I'm a huge fan of final fantasy seven. So, okay. Yeah. Like I could, Pick cloud. I could pick Samus because I'm a huge fan of Metroid. We'll we'll just go with that. But as far as like actually knowing anything about how they play or what moves they do, or no, no, I'm as lost as you are. I'm not. I'm not in 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 the sphere of Smash, unfortunately. For those who love it, I know it's a big deal, but there are some really popular games I'm not into. Well, we have smashed this episode
0: beyond the point at which we thought we would record. So we've delivered a, uh, we, we, we have an epic length podcast episode here for all of that time spent at home doing absolutely nothing, but watching YouTube and listening to podcasts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, um, we'll be sending stuff out to dumpster crew and everybody else soon. So you can have some tangible create unknown stuff to play with while you listen to, our silky smooth voices. So look out for that soon. If you want to get in on that, go to patreon.com slash the create unknown and also join our discord because a lot of interesting things happen in there, Uh, including, uh, you know, getting constant reminders about when we're doing our live streams, which the next one up, I think will be fast food tier. I think so. I think that's a good idea. That's what you want to do. Yeah. I would like to do that. I like it. Yeah. I like it and check Twitter too on all these platforms,
0: just follow, right? Just follow. And you'll see thing. you'll see the updates. Like when we do actually, uh, when we announce that we've sent this stuff out, like you'll know, you'll know that day that, that it comes out and you won't have to wait for the delay on, you know, the next episode to get recorded and edited and released and all of that stuff. So for the real time kind of things, we'll be announcing in, in discord and on Twitter and on Patreon and all of that. Uh, but follow along in as many of those places and, uh, Say, Hey, ask us things. Tell us you love us. (laughs) Tell Kevin that he's, he's a weirdo. Do all the things that make you want to block him. I already
1: know that. I already know that. Especially what I was spending my (laughs) afternoon working on before we started recording my, which will hopefully you'll see on Twitter soon. (laughs) All right. All right. That's it for us. See you space cowboys.
0: We'd like to thank everybody who we talk to every single day in the Discord, and especially the patrons who make this show happen. Thanks to our editor, Marcus Allen, and to associate producers, Jeff Davis, Isaac Teal, Trev's dad, James Gallagher, Speen Braithwaite, Andrew Stimson, Keaton Sample, Jesse Robertson, Boromir Schiffers, Mansoor Chinchilla, Sean Malone, Jen Mafasanti, Kevin with an E, Menard, Monahem, Patrick Pister, and Fraken. And also to baby wrangling super producer Ben Webster. Thanks also to Paula Lieber and the stunningly gorgeous Mo Lewitt, and to our very generous sponsor of this and every episode, Eagle Brand Sardines. We're in an apocalypse. Stock up on tiny little fish. You won't regret it. The Create Unknown is a production of Unknown Media.